This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get it going one more time during the 2022-2023 season. It is a Calgary Flames game day, live from the Scotiabank Saddledome, finishing things out on a Wednesday night battle against their Pacific Division rivals, the San Jose Sharks. And while playoffs are no longer in question for the Calgary Flames, There are a couple of very interesting storylines heading into game 82. And once it finishes up tonight, you can begin, as many already have, and we even have started yesterday, starting to look ahead to what will be, no doubt, a very interesting offseason here in the city of Calgary. Welcome to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Lots to get you on the program today. Obviously, Flames and Sharks, the big topic of the day. The young kids in the Calgary lineup for Game 82. Wolf, Coronado, NHL debuts. Jacob Peltier back in the lineup. Where do they fit in the lineup? What are we looking to see from them in Game 82? With all of that and more, we'll hear from all three of those young men during the program as well today as they had their, for some of them, their first uh, taste of NHL media availability in Dustin Wolf's scenario. And uh, we'll also take a look at the opposition as well. The San Jose Sharks uh, team fighting for perhaps the, the light at the end of the tunnel. It could be Connor Bedard, our pal Curtis Bashelka. From the Bay Area News Group will join us in the second hour to talk all things San Jose Sharks and what could be a very off season uh, for Mike Greer and company as well. But let's go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline to kick things off like we always do. Say hello to the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. He is Peter Labardius, and he joins us courtesy of the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows that your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, pal? I am excellent. I am excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. And uh, here we are, game 82, uh, the final run this season for the Calgary Flames. And uh, like I mentioned coming in, Lou, we won't have any talk about playoffs or what's to come after this game. But uh, we do have a couple of really interesting storylines heading into it. How excited are you? to see the NHL debuts of Matt Coronado and Dustin Wolf tonight? You know, I'm quite excited. And it's given a whole different set of storylines and taken away some of the doom and gloom, which makes me incredibly happy when I think about calling the game and looking forward to talking about it um, both with you on the pregame show and then on our postgame show. Um, it is about the future now. And some people that are playing tonight, you get a chance, Logan, 
to just add another little piece of evaluation that you wouldn't have had without this circumstance. So, yes, everybody's going to be upset. Yes, the big news is still yet to come. And it will be an incredibly interesting summer for the Calgary Flames and their fans and their players. But tonight, to me, it's about the kids. And getting a look at more of your future. And Dustin Wolf, there's been every reason for why a guy that goes about six feet is about 30 pounds less than UC Soros, hasn't been good at every level. He has been elite. And Dustin is having an amazing year, just like he always does in every league. The numbers are staggering. His value is staggering. And there are a lot of reasons due to size in a goaltending world where generally you have to be 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". The truth of the matter is, Being smaller is a disadvantage, but his hockey IQ, and I never forget a conversation I could, I can see it, let alone regurgitate it, with Jordan Sigal at the head of the goaltending department, who was very prominent and has been in a lot of their goaltending decisions. And trust me, nobody works harder at it. You can't go by him at the rink upstairs that he's not looking at another game and another goalie, ever. And when he said to me, Peter, in, in Dustin's first development camp in the summer, that he wasn't sure he'd seen a guy with better hockey IQ and an a- anticipation as a goalie, I've never forgotten it. Because it makes the rest of it make sense. Mm-hmm with his lack of size and, and not just height, Logan, he's not very thick. You know, UC Soros is like 30 pounds heavier. (laughs) So there's more girth. And I don't mean that in a way people might take it. They just have different frames. Mm -hmm. So he fills less of the net. But his hockey IQ, the way he reads the game, and listen, this is also somebody I've watched 10 times this year with my own two eyes. And he makes all the big saves almost every night I've watched, but it's the other stuff, his positioning, his increased ability to read the game, play pucks, get stoppages when his team needs it. His ability to process the sport from that position is elite. So, again, I'm going to watch tonight. He'll be nervous as all get out. (laughs) He's facing NHL shooters, the best in the world. It's just a small piece. And it's the same for Matt Coronado. Matt Coronado is also not a large lad. He is also predicated on hockey sense and competitiveness and shoots it really well. And I just like how he carries himself in practice. 
couple times when I've been in the room and he's in a corner chatting with, you know, Dylan Dubé or Andrew Mangiapane, and it's kind of Dubé, Pelche, and Coronado. They're all in that same little corner. And I like watching some interaction between them. Because one of the first things I look for in someone new to a situation with a lot of veteran presence is who do you get in sync with and who do you choose to hang with and learn from? And do you carry yourself in a way that says to me, you're willing to learn and get better? That's the kind of stuff I look for all the time. And I see it. And I haven't even been around him very much. Mm-hmm. I see it. And I love it. And I love it in Pelche. So to me, that's, those are great foundation potential pieces about how you want to go forward. Because professional sports now is more about business and less about the game and in my opinion, less about team and more about I, I, me, me than it's ever been. And the money and the status and the lifestyle says a lot about that. But if I can find good young people to continue to grow with other good pieces I have, where a team and winning as it is about their abilities, now I got something. And that's what I'm excited about. Here's the head coach, uh, Daryl Sutter, talking about uh, Dustin Wolf and uh, Matt Cornell. We'll start with uh, Daryl's comments on Wolf and then get into uh, to Matt's uh, here as he spoke to the media today, getting set for uh, both of their NHL debuts tonight against the San Jose Sharks. That's well earned. Uh, you had a great freshman year last year, first year pro, and he's... You know, he's, he's for sure the MVP of, in my books, not only their team, but I think it's close to the league MVP. When you look at what they've done in terms of goals against them and his record, modern minutes and games played, so it's great for him. And the head coach on Matthew Coronado as well. You know, I think we're all looking for it, right? I don't think, you know, there's not many, is there anybody here that's seen him play live? I've seen him play once. Yeah. Oh yeah, you would. Yeah. So that's I think we're all excited to see what he's see it live. Yeah. Is there somebody in that conference that raised his arm on that question? Do you think? I think there would have been one, but uh, I'm not sure who it would have been. Yeah, me either. So we don't need to go there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. I think I'm excited. I uh, I really enjoyed watching Matthew in the summertime. Um, you know, three, four times at the World Junior. Really liked all the things that I've talked about, the competitiveness, his versatility. Um, I see him as a winger, not a center at the National Hockey League level. I've made some comparisons to Tyler Toffoli. Uh, I think they're I, – I don't love comparisons ever because each guy's a little different. Um, but I know he's – highly intelligent he plays highly intelligent he's competitive he can shoot it and and i see somebody who i mentioned earlier who's really willing and looks like he wants to learn so i'm excited 
And one thing to uh, to note here as well, and a lot of people have, have maybe, I don't know if they've forgotten about it or not, but for Dustin Wolf, Lynn, you know this as well as anybody, to be a seventh round pick as an undersized goaltender to get to this moment, uh, to have an NHL debut is pretty special in and of its own because not many guys drafted that late even taste the NHL, let alone have a, a debut with the kind of hype that he's going into with tonight. I hope he hugs Jordan Sigalat today. <laughs> and I'm sure he has. But you know what? The only guy he should hug is himself and his family because he's earned it. Because he's taken all of it and channeled it in the right direction. And remember, too, he played in two World Juniors, but he was behind Spencer Knight. Mm-hmm. So he didn't even get that stage nope. to shine on. It's what makes him special. I believe it. People who have always got to fight and tell people and answer the question that's why you can't, but always seem to muster up why you can of the types I want to get in a foxhole with. I'm getting in a foxhole with this guy, and I'm still completely of the understanding that there are some limitations based on his size. I just think he's going to conquer it because of what I've seen at every other level and every challenge. So we know Dustin Wolf gets the start in goal for the Calgary Flames. Uh, as far as the other two young gentlemen that are in the lineup tonight, Lou Pelche and Coronado, let's talk a bit about where we'll find them in the lineup and how you think this sets up for their uh, their game tonight. Our, as always, our good friend and colleague, Pat Steinberg, tweeting up the lines and deep pairings from practice today and Coronado and Pelche finding themselves on the same line with a veteran center in Nazem Kadri between the two of them. How do you like that fit for game number one for Coronado and just the trio as a whole, Lou? A lot. A lot. Um, Because I want to put young players, especially Matthew, with a veteran guy to insulate and to help. Plus, I get a little look-see moving forward at, although it's only one night, maybe they have a bit of a connection. And then the other part is, who's been on a line every day together at practice for the last couple of weeks since Matthew got here? Those two guys. Mm -hmm. So now I have familiarity. Now I have a veteran presence. Perfect. Perfect. I get a little luxy. A little one. I get a little luxy. And by the way, um, on our Flames warm-up show tonight, I asked Daryl flat out about his utilization or lack thereof of Jacob Pelche. And some of the things that I've surmised about on this hit, he confirmed. Mm. He did not see him as a better option in the playoff chase. And is very focused on what he thinks is the best part for Jacob is to get what he's gotten this year 
And then he's really looking forward to Jacob having another chance to help a team win a Calder Cup in the championship. But you can hear that from Daryl. You know, Logan, if you want, at some point while you're on, feel free to play it. Um, But you will definitely hear it because I wasn't leaving today's conversation, which will be my last one-on-one with Daryl for the season, without asking that question. Another young player that's come up uh, in terms of utilization as we head into this game tonight, Lou, is uh, the fact that he won't be in the lineup, and that's Adam Rzichka, a guy who, similarly to Jacob, hasn't seen a lot of ice time, hasn't seen a lot of game time the last couple of weeks. Were you surprised going through the lines and pairings today at practice that Adam wasn't out there and most likely won't be in the lineup tonight? Nothing really would have surprised me today outside of... um, I didn't see a situation where Coronado and Pelche wouldn't play. Okay. Anything outside of that, I'll give it to you this way. You, you're very familiar with the book I build for every game. Yes. I haven't started on the Flames for today yet. Because hmm. I didn't know. Yep. I didn't know. And I like to build it in numerical order, so... You know, I had a good good feeling about even Dustin after things that broke yesterday. So he's in the book. But he's the only guy on that side of my uh, handwritten book. So what I do think you're asking and I'll answer is this. I'm going to guess Adam Ruzicka with all this time off, they know what they need to see from him. He's still for your fans in your final game, maybe more tonight than ever. They deserve a chance to see people that they haven't. Part of the process. And you still have to try and win a hockey game and give them good entertainment. So I understand the lineup. Peter Labardius is along with us, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here, chatting uh, all things Flames ahead of Game 82, the final of uh, this season for the Calgary Flames. And uh, a couple more things I wanted to get with you today, Lou, before we uh, send you off for the afternoon. And uh, today the uh, awarding of the Peter Marr Good Guy Award uh, is voted on by the Calgary media. Uh, This year, joint uh, winners in Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman and, of course, the great Peter Marr there to – to give out the award to the gentleman today, what goes into it for, for you when you have this sort of award and, and you see this sort of you know voting process every year? Well, it's 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 easy for me. Um, who treats the media good, bad, indifferent with the same kind of approach and the same kind of respect, regardless of the situation. And those two guys are at the head of the class. Um, you know, I, I know so much about Michael. So he could win it every year for me. <laughs> yeah. He could. Yeah. Because I, I'd be the first to tell you on this show, um, a lot of NHL players are not interested in hanging out with Peter Lubardius. And Peter, at this point in his life, isn't, 
really have much in common with them. Age, lifestyle, wallet, all of it. Blake Coleman, one of. And he's only been around for a little while. He is one of the classiest pros I have ever seen and ever watched go about his business on a daily basis. He never says no. Ever. And he does it with class and grace and integrity. The Calgary Flames are really lucky to have those two people. And so are we in the media. Because those guys, they're not going to, and why would they? I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with them about anything, anytime. Yeah. Those are my kind of people. And I don't even really know one guy. I'm not even sure he'd know me in a police lineup. No, he would. <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't say anything but great things about both of them. And they've both played their tails off. And I judge different when it's hard. Michael's at his best every year in a year that I think has been filled with more turbulence than any year and expectations not being met than any other. Guess who was another guy who's had a career year? Blake Coleman. Yep. Because you're built for when it's hard. Those are my kind of people. Uh, on the other side of things, Lou, not a ton to talk about. The San Jose Sharks have had a pretty disappointing year, but one guy has broken through the record books for them this year. That's Eric Carlson. Two goals on Monday to record his first career 100-point season. He's the sixth defenseman in NHL history to do so, and the first since Brian Leach did it back in 1991-1992. I was not yet born the last time this happened. Uh, he's also the fourth oldest player in NHL history at the time of his first career 100-point season. What do you have to say about Eric Carlson and the sort of revitalization that he's seen to his game in a disappointing year for the San Jose Sharks? Well, I'm going to give it to you through the eyes and voice of Daryl Sutter, and not from today because we didn't go there. There was no need to talk to Daryl about San Jose and Eric Carlson today. But I did the last time. And it wasn't very long ago since he was here. And what Daryl said to me that really resonated was this. Daryl thinks he's healthier than he ever has been since that incredible run with Ottawa in 2017. But it was the other part. When Brent Burns left, in conjunction with head coach David Quinn and everything I've heard, listened to, and the people I've talked to about how David goes about his business, I think David has found a way to empower Eric in a way that he hasn't been empowered for a long time. And Daryl said he feels like he's playing in San Jose since Brent left, like he's the guy. Some guys have to feel like they're the guy to impact things and feel like they're impacting things at the optimum level. And I think it's a combination of those two things. Because the skill with the puck, outside of Makar, unparalleled. 
amongst the modern-day defensemen. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about the other side because I've never been in love <laughs> with the other side ever. Yeah. Uh, and Lou, before we let you go here on a Thursday, uh, we had a short week last week, so we're doubling up uh, with our. Uh, what does uh, Lou say for our good friends at Roos Chris Steakhouse? Oh, sorry, so Bruce Chris, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, we're going to double it up today. Uh, what does Lou say? Is brought to you by Roos Chris Steakhouse. Now open Tuesday to Sunday at five p.m. The perfect place to indulge before the game. Enjoy prime steak broiled to perfection and serve sizzling on a five hundred degree plate and perfect timing Lou our pal Sam Cosentino just dropped his April draft rankings for the 2023 NHL draft it won't surprise you Who's, who, who did who's he yeah just Sam Cosentino you might have heard of him oh yeah oh I never heard of him no you, you wouldn't know him. him you wouldn't no, especially never spend a second with him. <laughs> okay uh yeah you wouldn't know him but uh perfect timing because uh Jeff Stevenson uh was our winner from last week he sent in a great yeah. question uh, with the season coming to an end uh, for so many teams. Lou, we're starting to take a look towards uh, the draft and who's coming up and who's going to be drafted where. So Jeff went to sportsnet.ca slash 960. He went to the contest tab, asked Lou a question. We're reading it for you today, and he's won a $200 gift card to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Lou, the question from Jeff today is, hey, Lou, with the regular season coming to an end and the anticipation around where non-playoff teams are going to slot Heading into this year's deep draft, aside from the obvious number one overall selection, which player or players intrigue you the most? Hmm. That's a wide, varying question. Oh, there's there's a lot of guys that intrigue me the most. You know what probably I would start with in the intrigue me the most category? Hmm. Who selects Matvey Michkov from Russia, and where does he go? Yeah. That would be at the top of the list in my intrigue. And the reason being is, and I know, um, you know, in, in following international hockey and trying to keep some tabs, and, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to see him at the World Junior, needless to say, the last two that have been played because of the political situation. But I do know this. Coming out of the world under 18 in Dallas, Texas, the two young stars of that show were Connor Bedard and Matvey Mitchkoff. I know where one story is gone, but coming out of that event, Logan, for me, it might have been as close at that time to tie goes to the runner as any couple of guys at that point. So he fascinates me the most. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. As uh, I spent a good chunk this week, Lou, just checking out. I love. I'm a big mock draft guy. I love going to the different scouts and insiders and different websites that do them. And I, I kid you not, Lou, and I'm sure you know this. I've seen him everywhere from number two overall to, to 15 overall, and you can understand why there's so much intrigue with this young man. And like you say, to to be in that same conversation as the guy that's going to go number one in some categories is uh, incredibly, incredibly high praise. And I'm with you. Once we get to draft day, it's going to be one of the biggest storylines 
No doubt. So, Jeff, thanks so much for sending in that question. We do appreciate it. You've got yourself a $200 gift card to go visit our great friends over at Roost Chris Steakhouse. You could be our next winner. We're going to do this again on Friday. Head to sportsnet.ca slash 960 contest tab. Ask Lou a question. And if we read your question on Friday, you could be the next winner and have yourself a $200 gift card to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Lou, for the final time uh, on a game day, have yourself a great afternoon, sir. We'll see you at the Dome later tonight. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, too, have a great one, everybody. See you there. Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He does so every single day. Thanks to our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows that your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit thegeminigroup.ca. Let's hear from some of those young men about to make their NHL debuts tonight. Matt Coronado, Dustin Wolf will be in the lineup for the first time as Calgary Flames. Jacob Peltier is back in the Flames lineup for Game 82. We'll also hear from the head coach. All of that and more coming up as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Yes, for the final time... On the 2022-2023 NHL season, we have a Calgary Flames game day coming your way. From the Scotiabank Saddledome, Flames and Sharks. We know the story. We've talked about it. We'll continue to talk about it. A disappointing season for the Flames that won't see them in postseason action after tonight. But... A level of excitement buzzing around the team and around the Saddle Dome for tonight's matchup against the Sharks thanks to a couple of NHL debuts, some changes in the lineup. Matthew Coronado will make his NHL debut just a few weeks after being signed by the team and ending his college career with Harvard early. Dustin Wolf, one of the top goaltending prospects, not just in Calgary, but across the entire National Hockey League. He's been called up before, but has not played NHL action. That changes tonight as he is your projected starter for the Calgary Flames. And Jacob Peltier, a healthy scratch for the last number of games for the Calgary Flames. He also finds himself back in the lineup tonight before what no doubt will be hopefully a very long run in the AHL playoffs with the Calgary Wranglers. So a, a ton to get to today. Pat Steinberg, our pal, and uh, host of Flamestock here on Sportsnet 960 with your projected lineup tonight against San Jose. Uh, Pelche and Coronado will find themselves on a line centered by Nazem Kadri. Walker Dewar and uh, Nick Ritchie will be out of the lineup tonight. On the defensive side of things, Chris Tanev sits tonight. Michael Stone comes in for game 82 and will form the third pairing with Troy Stetcher. That shouldn't surprise anybody. We know uh, Chris has been dealing with a number of injuries this season, grinded it out until uh, the last possible game. But as this game 82 has no bearing on the season, best to let Chris uh, avoid any more physical pain and let him uh, get to rehabbing after another tough season physically for Chris Tan of a great season on the ice, but obviously 
Uh, now rest and recovery, the top priority for number eight for the Calgary Flames. Uh, it was a lot of excitement at the Dome today. There was a lot to get to. Uh, the head coach was talking about the youngsters. Peter Marr was in the building to give out uh, this year's Peter Marr Good Guy Award, split between Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman, and uh, a number of youngsters getting to chat with the media in the Flames locker room for the first time. Let's hear from a couple of them, starting with young Dustin Wolf. His first uh, NHL start tonight goes against the San Jose Sharks, uh, and he talks about excitement levels, what he's what it means for him to be here tonight, and also, look, a little bit of honesty off the top from Dustin Wolf that uh, he'd be lying if he told you he wasn't a bit nervous about making his first NHL start tonight. Here is Dustin Wolf uh, ahead of tonight's game against the San Jose Sharks. Dustin, what's the emotion like right now? You know, I'm trying to maybe downplay it a little bit, but you know, obviously I'm pretty excited. Um, you kind of dream of this moment your whole life, and uh, you know, for the day to finally come, it's pretty special. I'm just trying to take it all in. How'd you find out that you were getting the call? Just showed up to the rink yesterday morning, and uh, Lover called me in, and uh, you know, I was already packed and ready to go to the airport for Abbotsford. And, um, you know, I think it's a pretty special opportunity and I want to try and take full advantage of it. Who was your first call? Uh, my mom just told her right away that, you know, I was going to get up. And I, at first I didn't know if I was going to get to play. And, um, you know, they later on told me I was. And thankfully they were able to get on a plane pretty quick and get out here. And, um, you know, I think they're pretty excited for me. She's obviously reaction? not a Sharks fan anymore. <laughs> Maybe not. No, it's, uh, you know, I think that's pretty special to play against the team you grew up you know, idolizing. And um, there's a couple of guys over there that I know and, uh, you know, obviously pretty excited for it. One of them is your goaltender coach, Thomas Spear. I know it's got to be a big thrill for you to be able to be on the ice in the NHL. First time with him in the building. Yeah, for sure. He's pretty much family to me now. Um, you know, he took me under his wing during COVID. I lived with him and his family and his kids. And, um, you know, I really got pretty close with him and obviously a close relationship with him last year in Stockton. And obviously it was super excited for him to get, to, you know, a job with the Sharks, but disappointed at the same time. And, you know, for us to cross paths again in my first game is pretty cool. Who were your favorite Sharks players growing up? Uh, and the Bokov was my guy growing up. Um, you know, it was pretty self-explanatory. He was one of the best there to play. And, um, you know, probably one of the biggest reasons I strapped the pads on for the first time. And, you know, I've crossed paths with him a little bit, you know, playing the Barracuda, so it's been cool to reconnect with him a little bit, and um, you know, obviously pretty pretty cool for sure. What do you think about the meaning of just representing Gilroy and the fact that it's Northern California and you're getting to the National Hockey League? Yeah, I mean, it's a small town, right? It's all farmland, and my, my grandparents are farmers, and, um, you know, so it's maybe a little unorthodox compared to most Canadian cities or American cities, so, um, you know, just try to make my hometown city proud and you know just try to do my thing out there you mentioned maybe when you played in this building you know it but when you get out there at this level with this team in that moment who will you be thinking of hopefully nobody at the time <laughs> <laughs> you know just try to play my game but no um you know go back to all the coaches and players and and staff that helped me get to, to this point and um you know there's too many names to rattle off but super thankful my, for my family and um you know super excited they could be here for this moment with me and um, you know, hopefully it's the first man. Do you allow yourself to think back from draft day to today? Do you, do you ever think about the journey? Uh, maybe not too much. I mean, it's been four years now, I think, and, uh, you know, I just keep trying to prove people wrong, right? And, um, you know, I just try to go out there and stop as many pucks as I can, and if I can do that, I think I'm going to do a pretty, pretty good job of that. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, just try to get 
the wins for, for our group here. Dustin Wolf speaking to the media in the Flames locker room ahead of tonight's matchup against the San Jose Sharks. It will be his NHL debut, one of the top Flames goaltending prospects in recent years, and no doubt one of the top NHL goaltending prospects we've heard through you know, different struggles of Flames goaltending this year. Plenty of people asking, you know, when's Dustin Wolf going to get his call up? When's the time for Dustin Wolf? It winds up being game 82 of the season, but it certainly hasn't dulled any of the excitement for Flames fans when it comes to tonight's start for Dustin. He'll be sharing his NHL debut with Matt Coronado. Came up uh, in a different system, obviously. Did not go the AHL route yet, uh, but will be coming out of college and make his NHL debut uh, in front of uh, friends and family tonight at the Scotiabank Saddledome. He's had a little bit more time with the Calgary Flames. He's practiced in this system for a little while now. He's been a part of an extra line with Jacob Pelche, so maybe a different level of comfortability heading into tonight's matchup, but still an exciting opportunity that Matt talked about ahead of tonight's matchup against the Sharks. So, Matthew, uh, how, are, how are you feeling making the debut tonight? Uh, feeling good. Um, it's been kind of like I said earlier. Uh, these guys have been awesome with with helping me feel comfortable so um i've been here for a few weeks feel feel good around the guys which has helped a lot how much more comfortable do you feel now than you would have when you first arrived playing? oh a lot definitely a lot um i think it's been about two weeks now being with them every day um so yeah that's that's been big what's the coolest thing you've experienced uh, over these last few days uh it's hard to pick out one thing there's it's really just everything uh being in the room with the guys getting out there i think a uh, big thing for me is being able to learn from everyone and, and see how guys go about their business. What's it going to be look like to stand there for the national anthem, look across the ice, and see Henry Thrun standing there? I actually went out to eat with him last night, um, so that's going to be a lot of fun to, to play against him for you sure. You a pretty good debut. Does that add the pressure to you to make an impact? I don't think so. I think I'm happy for him, uh, one of my good friends, so it's awesome to see that. What about representing Harvard hockey program, too, the fact that you've got a couple guys in the NHL move right in? Yeah, it's a, it's important. Harvard uh, was big for me. I, I loved my time there, so I'm happy to see my teammates doing well. Henry and Sean Farrell a couple weeks ago had his debut too. Or have you guys just been keeping up as you guys have been making your debuts? Yeah, I talked to them. I uh, get them out. Talked to Sean a lot. Um, so, like I said, just really happy for them. For them all, they're they're doing great. What does the successful debut look like for you tonight? Uh, just just help the team in any way I can. Obviously, want to go out and, and help the team win. Um, Work my hardest. We've kind of seen you around the rink with Dylan. What's he done to help you get comfortable both on and off the ice? Uh, a lot. He's been really like kind of a mentor for me. Um, he's he's been showing me around, and and he's he's been huge. Well, I've had a, a lot of practice with Peltz. Um, he's a great kid. I've been having a lot of fun with him. Uh, Nas is obviously an unbelievable player, so excited for for the opportunity. You've uh, you spent a lot of time with Pelche, as you say. That's a relationship that I'm assuming you guys both look at and say this could be a good long run between with the two of us together here. Yeah, uh, we've been having a lot of fun. Um, he's a great kid, like I said. Yeah, we've we've been doing a lot of stuff together, whether it's after practice, working out. Uh, so we're definitely building a relationship. It's been fun. Off the ice too. You spent yeah. some time with them in the community, or like you know, going out to dinner and stuff. Yeah, we've we've ate a few times together. Uh, we've been hanging out a little. It's been a lot of fun. Did you pick up the tab because Huberto usually picks up the tab for him. Uh, <laughs> he has. Yeah. We're <laughs> you mentioned the mentorship from Dylan uh, Dubay. What would you say is the most important thing in the short time you've gotten to be around? Them? 
I think just teach me little things. I think he keeps reminding me just not to be nervous, go out and play my game, uh, like talk about earning the opportunity and, and things like that just to, to help me kind of settle in. Uh, my my parents are coming. And what so. is that going to mean to you that your parents are there to see you play your first day? It means everything. Uh, they've done so much to, uh, to help me get to this point, so them being able to get out here uh, definitely means a ton. What was their reaction when you told them? Really excited. Uh, both of them. I called both of them. They were really, really happy, um, and they looked into getting out here right away, so glad it was able to work. Did you try to uh, soak everything in and, and make sure that you're kind of trying to remember all these things and not not be too excited or have that kind of overshadow it? Yeah, I think it's definitely important. I think it also is hard sometimes uh, to do that, but a lot of the, the guys have been telling me that make sure I'm, I'm soaking it all in, like you said, and I know it can be tough because uh, you, you go out there and, and play a hockey game, but I think it is important to do that. Matt Coronado doing the media rounds this morning ahead of his NHL debut and a pair of NHL debuts, one of the more anticipated nights for Flames fans when it comes to two young prospects getting their first taste of NHL action, and that goes tonight at the Scotiabank Sound. Coronado and Wolf in their first NHL games. All the coverage right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We'll have Flames warm-up at 7 o'clock with Pat and Peter Labardius. Lou and Derek on the call for the final time this season at 8 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Going to switch things over to the San Jose Sharks locker room for a moment because you heard in that scrum with Matt Coronado, his teammate at Harvard, Henry Thrun, now a member of the San Jose Sharks. He's made his NHL debut been an interesting piece of this uh, Sharks team late in the season, and both of them now looking to make a name for themselves in the NHL. And, of course, uh, when Henry heard that uh, Matt was going to make his NHL debut tonight, uh, you knew he was going to be asked about it in the San Jose Sharks locker room. So here is former Harvard teammate of Matt Coronado and now uh, opponent tonight, Henry Thrun, on uh, his teammate, his former teammate, uh, Matt Coronado, and what he expects from him in his NHL debut. Henry, and I, just a, a thought on going not only to be at this level, but to be at this level. And know Matthew's going in, and you'll be up against him tonight. What does that mean to the two of you after you had a nice dinner, and yeah. now it's down to business? Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. Obviously, uh, as you mentioned, we uh, we grabbed a bite to eat last night. Got to catch up a little bit. Um, sort of just take it all in and recognize, you know, where uh, where we've come from and where we are now. Um, pretty surreal experience i mean he's a great kid i'm, I'm really excited for him um, he's going to do great and have a long career so it's it's pretty cool knowing that uh, his first game i'll be on the ice I'll be on the ice as well with him do you anticipate any interaction with him and if so do you have some i don't know a prime chirp or some one liner ready to give it to him i don't know i mean i'm sure we'll uh, we'll be in each other's ear a little bit for most of the game but uh I mean, just trying to. I got to focus on my own game, and uh, I'm sure he's trying to do the same. So nothing too crazy. You know him well. What kind of a player is he, and what you know? What will people see out there tonight? Yeah, he's a he's a hell of a hockey player. Um, he's a goal scorer. He's got a motor. Um, his play away from the puck is is really underrated. Um, he's someone that you know, he makes everyone around him better. He's someone that uh, obviously is known for for putting up points, um, but as well, he's he's really quick. He's hard on pucks. Um, he turns a lot of pucks over. Um, Forces a lot of turnover on the forecheck. Um, so. He's going to do really well. I think his game will uh, will adjust and translate well, so I'm excited to see it. And he picked up the tab. He did last night. He did. <laughs> he, uh, he played it pretty cool with us, but he's excited, right? Yeah, yeah he, uh, I mean, he's someone that's uh, he's a pretty laid-back kid, but um, you could tell last night he's excited. He's had his parents and uh, his girlfriend flying out, so he, he's really fired up for it. You mentioned him being laid-back. Before games, when you were with him in Hartford, 
how did that laid back persona uh, play out and then how what's it like seeing him kind of switch into this motor type of guy yeah that's a good question um i mean we'd spend a lot of time pre-game together it's just we'd sit at each other on the bus and uh and uh, a lot of jokes a lot of just you know, funny things going on before games but uh he switches on pretty quick. Um, he's someone that's really competitive, which I think would make him so great. Obviously, he's a little bit undersized, um, and if you're smaller like that, you got to work hard and uh, you got to be the feistiest player on the ice. So I think uh, you know, credit to him. He, he finds a way to do that, and uh, he's able to sort of turn it on and off really well. You're a senior; he's a sophomore. But did, yeah. what was the interaction like? Would you guys do things away from the rink together? What story can you share with us about him? Oh gosh, I don't know anything in particular that comes to my mind. Um, we did spend a lot of time together just, you know, grabbing dinners or just hanging out in the dorms or whatever on the weekends. Um, I mean, he's a really funny kid. He uh, He's a huge Jets fan, which is which is always funny to follow, but uh, he's, uh, he's a great kid, and um, I'm really excited for him. He said I asked him uh, the same question to him about you, and he yeah. said, let me think. He goes, the only thing I can come up with is psychology and economics. The kid's wicked smart, he said. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I uh, maybe I could throw the back to throw it back towards him. Um, yeah, I think he's a pretty smart kid too. I don't know if he believes that, but uh, he's uh, he's a he's a great kid. Um, you know, he's he's really funny. He's a great guy to be around. So that's that's nice for him to say. Do you remember when he first came to the team? Like, which, you know, I do. Yeah, he obviously had really high expectations just being a first round draft pick. Um, I played against him a bunch when he was in Chicago. So I got to see it. Um, he's obviously a really hard guy to play against, but uh, he's someone that's uh, he fit in right right away, um, both on and off the ice. He's made a huge uh, impact for our program. Um, obviously, I think they're they're a little sad to see him go, but he's someone that uh, you know is probably one of the best players ever come through Harvard. So it was, it was pretty cool to be able to play with him there. You got uh, you got uh, obviously great emotions when you first play your first NHL game when you're out there for the anthem. You're gonna be out for the anthem tonight. You're gonna look across. He's gonna be standing there. What's that gonna feel like? And what what will it make you reflect on? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question. I mean, I was talking about it last night, just going through the emotions of the first game. I think uh, you know we both just feel so grateful and lucky to be in this position that uh, you know, just, we're both trying to enjoy it and soak it all in. Obviously. Uh, we got a job to do, and sort of we got to play our best and work as hard as we can. But um, at the same time, I think we're just trying to soak it in and sort of recognize, as I said, where we've came from and where we're trying to go. So it's pretty pretty cool moment for us. That is former Harvard teammate of Matthew Coronado, Henry Thrun, now a member of the San Jose Sharks organization, and as you heard, uh, good friends with Matthew Coronado off the ice, and very excited for the chance to play Matt uh, tonight in his NHL debut for the Calgary Flames. One more piece of audio to get your way. Uh, it's also the last time this season that Eric Carlson will come through Calgary. Uh, pretty historic year for Eric, hitting the 100-point mark for the first time in his career. Uh, he spoke to the media in Calgary ahead of tonight's matchup against the Flames. Imagine you touched on it at the moment. How did it feel to hit 100? That was always the, uh, you know, a nice feeling and nice to kind of get it over with, too, before, uh, you know, the last game. And, uh, you know, it's been talked about a lot, so uh, I'm happy to, uh, to be able to, uh, to accomplish it. I remember last time you guys were here a couple of weeks ago, the sentiment in the room was, we want to get Eric to 100. What's it mean to have the whole team rally behind that to try and help you get there? No, it's obviously nice, and, and I, you know, I couldn't have done it uh, without the guys. And, uh, you know, it's been a tough year for everybody, and, uh, you know, we haven't won uh, very many games, but... Um, you know, I think guys have, have done a good job in, in you know staying motivated as, as good as possible and, and you know trying to uh, still play hard and uh, you know uh, it wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be able to do it if, if you know uh, the guys around me didn't uh, you know 
uh, try and play as hard as they have for for the most part of the year. What's it mean when you look at the names of defensemen that have reached 100 points and no year now among them in that category? No, it obviously makes it very special as well. You know, uh, it's been a while since uh, since anyone did it, and uh, you know, it's a different different game back then, and um, you know, it just shows that it's uh, you know a lot of. A lot of things need to fall in the right place, and uh, uh, you know I'm very fortunate to uh, to feel the way that I do, and uh, in the you know a season like this when uh, when scoring has been uh, uh, you know up by a bit. Did any of those guys hit you up and say like welcome to the club at all? <laughs> no, I actually ran into Brian Leach the other day. Um, he had a, uh, a tournament for. I don't know if his kids play on it or if he's just coaching them, whatever, in, in San Jose, and uh, got to talk to him a little bit. Uh, other than that, uh, I haven't ran into uh, to any of the other guys uh, uh, recently, so uh, we'll see about that. Prior to the season, did you ever think 100 was possible in today's game? No, probably not. I don't think that uh, it would have been anything I would have betted on uh, or anything that you know I, I kind of walked in trying to accomplish. I think that that kind of evolved. Uh, you know, throughout the season, and uh, you know, I'm just happy that uh, I was able to stick with it and, and uh, you know, get there. Before the season came in, how much were you thinking about a, a Norwich Trophy, let alone 100 points? No, I mean, uh, I still know what I'm capable of. Uh, I, 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 I know, uh, you know, what type of player I am, and, and I think that I've shown that consistently throughout my 14 years in this league, and uh, it's, just, it's just nice to. Uh, to get back to that again and, and you know, feel like uh, things are working out the way that, uh, you know, I know that they should. Obviously, you know, we're in award season and people are trying to figure out who's going to win what award. And, of course, you know about the discourse with you with the Norris. What would you say to people who look at you and think, well, you've done all these great things offensively. What about the defensive side? And they might try to short you there. What would you say to those people? Well, that's kind of been the dilemma, I think, uh, for a very long time. Uh, you know, I've been around for a long time and... Uh, People are always going to have their own opinion, and, and you know I take care of the things that I can control, and I think I've done that, uh, you know, very well this year. And uh, you know I let uh, you know other people say what they think and do what they want, and uh, you know there's no such thing as perfect. And uh, you know I won't be the first player to be perfect, and uh, you know I don't think that there's been one since the great one. I don't want to assume that like all Swedish hockey players are just friends, but are you and Michael Backlund buddies at all? Yeah, I mean, we played World Juniors together. Uh, I think, you know, obviously uh, we haven't really, uh, you know, seen each other much except, uh, you know, when we play against each other. But uh, I know he's a great guy. Uh, he always has been since since a young age. And, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, someone that's that's been around for a long time. Sorry to ask one last Norris one, but if you were to win it this year, considering the injury problems in the past and the fact that you're in your early 30s and the fact that you're able to get 100 points even though you did have a tough year, what would it mean for you to win it again? No, it'd be it'd be great. Obviously, it's not you know not something you not want to win. Uh, you know, when you're in the position that I'm in, uh, you know, and hopefully I'll I'll get the excuse to buy myself some some stupid nice gift. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Sharks defenseman Eric Carlson uh, joining the Calgary media for a bit today, talking about his uh, 100-point season, the potential Norris Trophy victory, and more. Uh, we're just getting started on uh, lots of coverage on a very interesting game, 82 for the Calgary Flames against the San Jose Sharks. Tonight from the Scotiabank South, we will take a break, come back on the other side, hear from the head coach of the Calgary Flames, Daryl Sutter, on the final game day of this season. Uh, some thoughts on the year that's been and a lot 
on Coronado and Wolf ahead of their NHL debuts. Don't miss it. Daryl Sutter's coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.